0: Today we continue in our Lenten sermon series that we have been calling Ancestry DNA, an exploration of the stories of some of the better and lesser-known characters of the Scriptures, asking how their lives might inform our lives, might inform our faith for the living of these days. Today, here on the cusp of Holy Week, we turn to the story of Palm Sunday as told in the Gospel of Mark. So, friends, let us listen now for God's Word, hearing these first 11 verses of Mark chapter 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives... Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and just as you enter it you will find a colt tied there, one which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here and if anyone asks you why are you doing this, say to them the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly." Now they went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. And as they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? And they answered as Jesus had told them, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches that they had cut in the fields. And those who went ahead and those who followed shouted together, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. And he looked at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, send your Holy Spirit now. Send your spirit, O God, that it would rest in this space and upon these hearts gathered here before you. O God, send your spirit that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be glorifying and pleasing to you. For you and you alone, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Isn't it interesting that over half of this Palm Sunday story according to the Gospel of Mark, a full six of the eleven verses telling of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, isn't it interesting that a majority of that story focuses not on Jesus himself, nor even on those adoring crowds that we model our waving of branches every Palm Sunday, the crowds that shout Hosanna and the highest. No, over half of this story focuses instead on a pair of unnamed disciples and a donkey. It's especially remarkable when you consider all that has happened with those disciples leading up to this point in the story. Those disciples, over and over, are presented in Mark's gospel as being this group of people who are constantly vying for power, for prestige, for proximity to their Messiah. Turn back just one chapter in Mark to Mark 10. And you find that story of James and John who are arguing amongst themselves about who is the greatest. And they ask Jesus a question. They ask Jesus to let them sit in glory at both his left and right. Right before this story. And so we should assume, I think, that when we get to this moment where they are finally standing there atop the Mount of Olives, looking out over Jerusalem, that destination that they have been heading towards for years now, we should assume that they are thinking finally, it's our big moment. Finally, this is the moment when Jesus is going to turn to us and he's going to say to us, okay, guys, polish your shoes, wash your faces, pick out your best outfits because today is the day. Today is the day that we finally march into Jerusalem and claim what is rightfully ours." That's what they expect. But instead, what they get is Jesus calling two of them forward and sending them out to what? Halfway steal some poor stranger's property. Tom Long, the now retired professor of preaching at Emory's Candler School, he loves to look at these disciples and Mark's telling of the Palm Sunday story, and he has labeled them donkey fetchers. That's what they are. The disciples have been reduced to donkey fetching. What makes it even more remarkable, though, I think, and Tom Long thinks as well, is that by all accounts, Jesus planned it this way. If you look at the Palm Sunday account in John's Gospel, there's an interesting difference. Jesus is parading into town amongst these crowds, and John tells us that Jesus found the donkey. But here in Mark's telling, it almost comes across as a premeditated chore. It's as if Jesus is trying to make a point to his disciples A point that might go something like this. You know, if you think discipleship, following Jesus Christ, is only about accumulating power or status or wealth. If you think discipleship is only about doing the big things religion tells us we should do, like show up for church on a Sunday morning. Send in your pledge card once a year. Present your children for baptism and then nag them to make sure they come back for confirmation even when they're grumpy adolescents. If you think discipleship is only about those big things and those big things are important. But if you only think it's about those big things, Jesus says, then you're missing something. Because to follow me, he says, It's also about showing up and saying yes to those mundane and even undesirable tasks, to those chores like standing knee-deep in a donkey stall. I read about a campus chaplain, I think, It was the United Methodist chaplain at Clemson University who was talking about a spiritual practice that she began taking on several summers ago. Her spiritual practice was designed to try and lift her out of her elevated sense of self. And the practice that she adopted was to go around the Wesley Student Center once a week and scrub the toilets. When someone asked her where she got the idea for this, interestingly, she cited Rosalind and Jimmy Carter. Rosalind and Jimmy Carter, in addition to teaching Sunday school almost every week, something I think they're still doing now, for decades, they also signed up with all the other members of their small church there in Plains to scrub the toilets once a month. Imagine that a man who was once quite literally the most powerful person on the face of the planet, voluntarily scrubbing toilets in some dim country church bathroom. It makes me think that this thing we call discipleship, Christian discipleship. It makes me think that, you know, 99% of discipleship is really invisible. Think about this story. When those crowds get going, shouting their hosanna, no one knows or even cares who went and got that donkey. But it is that unseen chore that Jesus uses to set into motion these events that will ultimately, at the end of this week, fulfill his true purpose, that of Savior. Without those two disciples going to fetch that donkey, these events may have played out much differently. 99% of Christian discipleship is invisible. I think that sometimes all of us, all of us here, we treat things like attending meetings or stapling and folding bulletins or sweeping floors or running the live stream and dealing with technology when I know it doesn't go as we planned. I think sometimes we think of introducing ourselves to a new face that we may see in this space today or volunteering for that unexciting job. We don't always think of it as being a particularly important or big thing, right? It's not the sermon. It's not the anthem. It's not the prayer. But the thing that this Palm Sunday story shows us is that oftentimes it is those unseen chores, those little things that we each do anonymously that are, in fact, instrumental and irreplaceable pieces of God's redemptive work in the world. Think about all that had to happen to get us to this day. Teams of people scouring closets for space when we needed to move everything out, and then teams of people to move everything back in. A building committee, two of which I know are here in person today, who spent countless hours in meetings, sending emails, responding to emails, so many emails, But without all of those little things, those things that may have felt menial or routine, we would not arrive at this day with this space. A space that will become our sacred space. A space that we will continue to gather week in and week out for decades to come. A space that will form that holy ground on both the best and worst days of our lives. Think about the fact that without people, without people who are willing to turn to that new face and extend the right hand of Christian fellowship, without that one person who might come up to you and ask your name, Without each of your spirits and souls, this space is ultimately nothing more than a building. Because it's those small unseen gestures that are what make this a church. Without all of your voices making what might feel like small promises to raise up and to nurture young children, vocal young children, praising young children in the faith, without what you may have felt were small words. There would not have been holiness about this water that we have poured upon their heads, claiming them as God's own this day. Holy Week begins with this somewhat strange story of two anonymous disciples being sent out to fetch donkeys. But in that small act, what they are really doing is preparing the way For the Lord. Friends, may we be sent this day and every time we gather in this space out into the world to do likewise, to do those small things that add up to preparing the way for the Lord. May it be so this day, and forevermore. Amen.